Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and now that the podcast is old enough to drink, Lance and I are going to buy it a margarita, maybe three. We also do some arguing about food, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Lance the fur. Mine's, mine's full. Ooh. Quite a full drink. Ooh. I got mine. Cheers! Cheers. So I started with Frozen. Oh, man. Cool. How'd you do? <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> so this is, uh, mine is uh, not Frozen. Mine is Rocks with Salt. Oh, we're doing margaritas today, if that's not clear. Probably should uh, mention yeah. that up front yeah. as well. My recipe is uh, from a Los Angeles uh, bar called, uh, and I left my iPad somewhere. I want to say Las Palmas, but that's wrong. Okay. I'll look it up later. But it is... Uh, so, someplace two, not Las Palmas. Someplace not Las Palmas. Uh, it is two ounces of Reposado tequila, and I'm using Cazadores. Uh One ounce of lime and a half ounce each of dry curacao and agave syrup. Oh, interesting. Very so, it's nice. tart. It is tart. Yeah, uh, for my frozen guy, I did two ounces of Cimarron Blanco tequila, um, which is a bargain. It's like 20 bucks for a liter, and it tastes great. So seek that one out. Mm -hmm. Um, An ounce of lime, or actually the juice of a lime, um, which is usually around an ounce. Um, And then... I killed my bottle of Cointreau, so I added a little bit of agave nectar to uh, try to sweeten it up a little bit. It's pretty dry still. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the recipe actually on this one called for a Blanco tequila, but the bartender says he always recommends Reposado for a hint of smokiness uh, that is otherwise missing. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps I'll do it both ways the next time and do like a tasting. Also, uh, very specifically, you salt, you you rub rhyme, rub rhyme. You rub rhyme. You, you rub lime. <laughs> I promise, this is my first drink of the day. You rub lime on half of the glass, uh-huh. and I'm using uh, Malden sea salt because I didn't have any like dipping salts. Yep. And then you make sure it's only on the outside and not the inside, and or. You just add a pinch of salt to the shaker mm. if you if you don't want to deal with stuff all over your rim. Yeah. See, I like salt a lot, so I salt my full rim. I'm with you on the salt. I really do like licking the rim, and so- they say. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a fast start. Mm. Um, and since it's-, it's, just, it's just there. You have to say it. Yeah. Since I did the frozen, uh, definitely going with a straw. Because you don't want to try to tip that towards your face. And this this is using your brand new maximal power blender that you got? I, I got myself a Blendtec, which is the blender they use in the uh, Will It Blend videos on YouTube. Mm. Where they destroy things like garden rakes and iPhones with a blender. It was 40% off on Amazon Prime Day, so I snagged one. And so far, I've only used it for pina coladas and margaritas, and I, as far as I'm concerned, it's paid for itself. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need it for, for God's sakes? you got those juicy people, but there's you can buy a juicer. You don't need a blender for your juice. 
Right. I'm sure it'll make fantastic smoothies or something like that. But uh, you know, I, I what I use mine for, and it's not a blend deck. It's just like a wearing or something. More than anything is um, tomatillo avocado salsa. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, that's a really good call. Nice. Smooth. That shit is good. I like a nice smooth salsa. Um, you know, you get your chunky pico de gallo and all that, and that's nice on a taco. But for like dipping, I want something smooth that'll actually stick to the chip. Yeah, you don't want it drippy. That's a good call. And the so it's and it's simple. It's it's basically and tomatillos are in season now, as are the tomatoes. And it's this a great is, time of the year. This would be a perfect accompaniment to our margaritas. Man, I w- I would be killing for that right now. Had, had we thought ahead. But you can find recipes online, it's, but it's so simple. It's basically tomatillos, avocado, lime, uh, pepper of your choice, I use jalapenos, and then tons of cilantro, because I like cilantro. Mm-hmm. If you don't like cilantro, obviously don't include it. Right. And then you just blend the fuck out of it. I like it. That awesome. sounds great. Do you like roast the tomatillos? You can. You can just stick them in the broiler and, mm-hmm. and like blister the skins if you want, and you don't have to like chop them up or anything and they you know they kind of pop when you cook them yep stick them in the blender and let it go you don't i mean like you can measure all you want and add your your salt and if you want garlic in there or whatever you know you want is what you can do absolutely absolutely so let's talk a little bit let's get our uh, educational material out of the way here nice Uh, so margarita obviously is a sour type of drink like it mm-hmm. fits in that Uber category of sours. Um, I saw one source compare it to a sidecar because you know you've got the Quantro there and you're subbing cognac for tequila and lemon into lime, and then you have a margarita. But more <laughs> more reliable more reliably, um, Dave Wondrich uh, ties it back to the Daisy and. Mm. Uh, if, if Remind for, me that I thought that was the one with two vermouths in it. No, no. Um, so, if nothing else, like the best evidence is the fact that margarita is Spanish for Daisy, mm. which I never realized. I just thought it was a little Margaret. Um, I, I thought they did. <laughs> I thought it was the drink. I didn't know it meant anything else. But the 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 Daisy is basically any booze, lemon juice, and a liquid sweetener. And that's basically it. Later on, it gets uh, soda water added to it. So the Daisy goes back to late 1800s, like 1890-something. But during Prohibition, people would go to Tijuana to get their drink on. Yeah. And lots of the bars there were serving Daisies because that was like an easy drink to make. And everybody sort of understood it. And you could do a whiskey Daisy. You could do a gin Daisy. You could do cognac brandy Daisies. So obviously, if you're in Tijuana, somebody's going to try a tequila daisy. Makes sense to me. At least that's Wondrich's sort of thesis. And uh, that's his guess as to where the margarita comes from. And so it's it's still guesswork because, right, nobody knows for a fact where this one came from. Yeah, nobody knows for sure. Even uh, in the app Elemental, our friend Dinah writes little histories for her. She basically points to the Wondrich story and, you know, says that's our best guess. My own history with this drink is basically, uh, it's one of the first cocktails that I drank when I started to drink. Mm-hmm. 
And I had no qualms about buying the big jug of margarita mixer. Right. And you basically just take a bottle of tequila and the bottle of margarita mixer. Double dump. Pour, pour them together. <laughs> and magically you get a drink that everyone likes, which is, makes parties really simple. Mm-hmm. And then you move on from then and you try to do the blended. And, and, and that's when you discover it takes a really long time, longer than you ever realized, to blend a drink. Or a really powerful blender. <laughs> or really, which, which in in my day, I don't know that there were such things. Probably I think not. That, like no, a, it, I, I I wonder what the history of the like Vitamix and Blendtec blenders are. I wonder if they have existed in restaurants all this time, and we just haven't known about them until recently. I would hazard a guess that that is true. Like any other sort of semi-professional tool that you can charge four hundred dollars for, right. and then a restaurant would be willing to pay that especially if it's a time saver like you said yeah and restaurants also have the advantage of buying things wholesale from restaurant supply stores and stuff like that so maybe and if it lasts that's the key thing that a business cares about is like you want to actually invest in something that will last for yes the lifetime of your restaurant or business so that makes sense i bet they have been around it's a it's a great cocktail on on a couple of levels for me. Number one is, if you, it's super easy to drink, because I mean once you get I I did like the little cringy face because I have a weird history with tequila, and um, I I have a weird well I should say I have a weird history with bad tequila, uh, and tasting good tequila which still obviously tastes like tequila yeah but for whatever reason like good tequila tastes less like tequila than bad tequila uh-huh and doing tequila shots when you're what 17 18 because that's what you do and you just want to get fucked the hell up well and it's almost like truth or dare like can you actually do these shots without throwing up yes and no i couldn't <laughs> I, could, I could not it was like that's my bad history um but uh margaritas are delightful and delicious um i think it's this i think this does I can't say it, but the reposado in this, because the other things are pretty, it's pretty heavy on the lime. Right. Um, I think fights back well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, also excitingly, I got to use my, uh, my uh, ice bag. What's it called? Jenkins Uh, bag? uh, No, 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 no. Shoot. Uh, Lewis bag. Lewis bag. I don't know who Jenkins is. Um, He's your butler. It's super fun to just like, slam the hell out of the giant pieces of ice and get these nice big chunks in here. And once I discovered frozen margaritas, I think that's all I ordered. When I ordered, mar- I mean... Back in the day, yeah. Yeah, isn't that, that's how they always came? Was it just because they were in a big slushy machine or readily available or... I think sometimes, yes. Like all, all they had to do was pull a handle to fill a glass of slushy frozen margarita. I, this is more recent history than what you're talking about, but I, I used to go out to a Mexican restaurant, uh, sort of nearby my workplace with my wor- coworkers, um, you know, for like those Friday lunches when you no longer give a damn about work and stuff like that. And they had a large margarita that was basically the size of your head. <laughs> yes. So we would, we would all get those. Like it, it would be like 12 people at a table and be, can take your drink order and it's like large margarita large margarita large margarita all the way around and then we would have a hell of a time oh yeah 
I well, my first margaritas were ba- ba- back in Bakersfield, where it's you know 120 degrees in the shade in the summer. So anything kind of frozen that you can cool down immediately was uh, very uh, attractive. And I, I did that for the longest time until I was in Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July once. I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it again because this is a margarita story. A million people go to Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July. Of and they, and they, they line the uh, thing there where none, none of the Trump people were. Right. And watch the fireworks going the mall. behind them. The mall behind the uh, Washington Monument. And then everybody has to get home. And at the time, I was living in Baltimore. So that meant getting uh, back on the metro and, and getting back home. But rather than pack ourselves on with everybody else, we stopped in Union Station in Washington. And there was a bar in the middle of the station in this kind of kind of a bar in the round. Uh, and oh, my fun. friend TJ. Yeah, yeah. And my friend TJ and I stopped in there. And all I wanted was something cold. And they said, well, I can get you a margarita rocks now, or if you want to wait, I can get you a frozen margarita. So I did exactly what you did, which is just start nodding like, yes. <laughs> when you say now. <laughs> now. And I never, it, it's like a, it's like a concentrated, super delicious margarita. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I should, you know, I should have had water or food or basically anything except a drink at that point. Sure. Uh, but I didn't care, and it was super delicious, and I think I had, like, probably three of them. Nice. And I know, it was so <laughs> good. And I was, you know, young and dumb, and um, and ever since then, I've basically always had margarita rocks with salt. Uh-huh. That's, that's that's how I do them up. Which, which uh, is often referred to as coin style. Oh, why? Um, so that comes from also sort of nickname... Uh, silver coin, where the silver refers to the Blanco tequila and the coin mm. refers to Cointreau. Oh, okay. And I am not by any means a margarita snob. I'll do the strawberry margaritas. I'll do frozen margaritas. I will do margaritas with the with the syrupy margarita mix. It's still good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's when the they thing. That like even out. So I, I assume these are still a things, but uh, back. In the day, you could buy a bucket, like a plastic pail. Like a, like a beach bucket. That had inside it sort of a bag of margarita mix. And all you had to do was add a full bottle of tequila. Into the bucket? Into the bucket. <laughs> sort of stir it around, throw it in the freezer. Oh. And like, who knows how long it had to stay in the freezer. You had to plan ahead a little bit. Um, but... Then you would pull it out, and because it has a whole bottle of tequila, it's not completely frozen. Mm-hmm. So you could just sort of scoop margarita into your glass. <laughs> from a bucket. From a bucket. Mm. And, like, even that is great. It's e- Yes. It's really <laughs> difficult to fuck these things up. I mean, it's all high fructose garbage, but, like, it, it tastes great. It totally works. Yep, it totally works, and it saves you so much time. I had, I, I I perfectly understand and admire uh, a, a home bartender who wants to make bespoke drinks for everyone and keep everybody happy. But but honestly, you could also keep everyone happy with a bucket of frozen margaritas. My wife has friends over doing craft day right now, and uh, I made a full blender pitcher of frozen margaritas and. They're happy and I'm happy. So like, <laughs> it's it's easy to do in large batches. Now, are you are you um, 
sort of religious about any aspect? Will you only use Blanco tequila, for example? Does it have to be salted? Oh, anything? Uh, I really like the salt. So if I'm making it for myself, I'm going to take the time to salt the rim. Um, but if I'm out or something and I don't get salt, I'm not going to like get pissed off. Um, the only thing I'm religious about is avoiding bad tequila. Mm, yeah. Because, because there is nothing that ruins your body more than bad tequila. A bad tequila hangover is the worst. Like it hurts in your joints. And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So the first time my first tequila hangover reminded me i don't know if you've ever gone water skiing i haven't but the first time you go water skiing it probably hurts a lot every fucking thing on your body hurts because you're using your arms to try to steady yourself using your leg using your core everything you're trying to stay on those skis yeah tequila hangover is exactly the same thing without water skiing yeah it's terrible it hurts everything it just you just want to die yeah i've i've had like gin hangovers with you know sort of base gin where it sort of made my hips hurt a little bit sort of like that (laughs) that sciatic nerve didn't Mm -hmm. feel so good the next day um but tequila is the most dangerous thing to like go bargain basement with which is why i was so excited about this cimarron uh tequila because it like i said twenty dollars for a liter that's really good price point and it's great like i can actually sip it just straight yep and it's enjoyable. So I'm I'm definitely going to switch to the Blanco because I bought a bottle specifically for this and then immediately did not use it. So right. the, the next one's going to be uh, more of a straight ahead. I, I I do have some Cointreau rather than the dry Curacao. I've also got um, what's called um, oh god, it's from the Caribbean Creole shrub. Oh, the Clément. Yes, and I'm wondering about using that as well sure and and how that's gonna work out so i might experiment a little bit and try to make something on my own as well yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> jealous of your uh, orange liqueur options because i like i said killed my quantro and i don't have any backups so uh my next round is gonna be apparently it's gonna be tommy's margarita <laughs> which uh origi- from from here fr- originates from tommy's restaurant in san francisco and it replaces the orange liqueur with agave nectar uh, oh, that sounds very sweet. It sounds really sweet. So I'm going to I'm going to tone it down a little bit. I think let me let me check the recipe. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I saw another recipe that replaces the limes with grapefruit. No, I, okay, this one this, uh that that sounds like a like a Hemingway daiquiri but with uh tequila. That's probably really tasty. Um <laughs> so uh Tommy's margaritas, 2 ounces tequila one ounce lime juice and half an ounce of agave i think that's going to be okay like that that seems reasonable to me yeah my next is just going to be i what's called the classic cocktail so it's going to be one and a half blanco one ounce of orange liqueur of choice uh and and three quarter ounces of lime juice so it's cutting down on the lime juice um avoiding any of the agave syrup because obviously i'm not using dry curacao this time around right uh, and kosher salt optional, mm-hmm. or as as you point out, it shouldn't. You, I am also a salt vampire. I love salty things, so this is all, also a reason why this is like right up my alley and makes me very happy. Well, and yeah, and you know, like we said, nothing is better than margaritas and chips and salsa. Like, 
when, once that round of drinks shows up at the Mexican restaurant table and you have your complimentary chips and salsa all over the <laughs> yes. table. Yes. That is, that is the ultimate moment. Like there is none higher than that. Even once your, even once your enchiladas show up and stuff like that, that's not as good as that I moment. Know. I agree. It's super, <laughs> it's super happy making. It's very satisfying. You continue to nosh on the chips even after your entree is there. Because restaurant chips are the best chips. They shatter so, like glass. They're fresh <laughs> and hot. They are amazing and good. Yes. You can now, re- you can sort of refresh your store-bought chips by sticking them in the microwave for a couple mm-hmm. minutes and maybe adding some extra salt. Um, depending on which ones, but there are a couple brands that are that like whisper thin shatter, like glass sort of (laughs) tortilla chip, um, that I like a lot, but I don't always find those. And then you have to deal with those heavy, like toast, I don't know, whatever the brand is. Yeah. Everything's made by Frito. I think anyway, Mm -hmm. Frito-Lay. I actually, I'm, I'm on the fence between the thick, crunchy chips because they hold so much. And the you, thin, light ones. Yeah, you want the you want a hearty chip for say guacamole, um, but if you have a nice blended tomato based or tomatillo based sauce, the the really light ones work really well. So yeah, 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 and and again, there it it's like the perfect food: tortilla chips and salsa. Uh, uh, That's all so I need. Good. That's all, all need. you need. Like desert island food, right? Like really, if 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 I can also have guacamole, um, that's fine. Like that's all I need. That's that can we be. Sh- we sh- but can- we should talk about guacamole because people like it in different ways, and I, I will probably both offend and shock you with how my mother makes guacamole. But first, I'm I'm dry. Yeah, you, you've been dry for a little while. We should uh, oh. fix that for you. Well, it's easier. That's the other advantage of rocks. If you can just suck these things back without getting the frozen, like the slurpy headache, well, uh, so, you don't need a straw. Well, so my dirty secret was I actually had a backup glass filled with stuff because, uh, you know, the blender pitcher filled up all the glasses and then I had extra. So I put it in a separate glass. <laughs> and do you recommend that the blender? Uh, so far, yeah. Like if you like pina coladas and margaritas, it's aces. <laughs> 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 and I I do I don't I only ha- I have living in San Francisco I have limited uh, counter space in my kitchen mm-hmm. and so adding a, a blender because it's pretty ample right it's not a tiny thing it's it's a large base um, it's probably like ten inches square on each yeah side. and and tallish as well uh huh yeah it's, it's a big thing. Is it uh, dishwasher safe? Uh, the I I don't think they want you to put it in the dishwasher because of the bearing and all that stuff. Mm. But the way you clean it is you put a cup of water and a squirt of dish soap in the pitcher and then run the blender. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't. That seems to work really well. <laughs> Yeah, my blender all disassembles. Like the, you can screw the bottom off and take right. the blades out, and then yeah. you just have the glass thing. Um, also, and, really, also really interesting is it. It has a dull blade, like it's not huh. a sharp blade. And a, just because it goes so fast, ju- doesn't because it's it. so powerful, it doesn't need it. 
So it pulverizes things instead of trying to cut them. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like built-in safety. You're not going to cut yourself if you're washing out the pitcher. So That is actually pretty smart because mine is the Sharpie kind. And yeah. I have cut myself, like reaching down in there mm-hmm. to clean or something because I'm dumb. Because you get those chili peppers stuck under there when you're making well, enchilada as, sauce. as I just mentioned, all I have to do is unwind the bottom and take the thing out. Why am I sticking my hand down in there? Because I am a human being and therefore stupid. Yeah, we are only slightly advanced monkeys. Mm, and not even slightly advanced in <laughs> some cases. All right, uh, round two. All right, I'm up for it. I'm going to go. Let's do it. Uh, welcome back. Here's my bottle. Siembra Azul. Ooh, good, good. That is good pronunciation. <laughs> uh, this is 80, 80 proof uh, Blanco, and it is super smooth. I just took a sip from the bottle, mm-hmm. and it is it is a nice... It's a little, and it's got a little bit of 80 proof, so it's got a little bit of bite back. But, mm. all right, so cheers again. Cheers. So I, d- I did the Tommy's. Um, it is sweet, but it's delightfully sweet. Like it's, it's like a perfect daiquiri level of sweetness. So ooh, so I used the uh, Creole shrub. So this is just Blanco tequila, uh, one and a half Blanco tequila, one ounce of Creole shrub, and a three quarter ounces of lime. Mm. Um, I like this a lot. I like mine a lot. I did do a full lime, so call that a full ounce of lime and uh, half an ounce of agave nectar and two ounces of Espolone uh, Reposado. Mm-hmm. So, so I stepped up a little bit. Espol- <laughs> Espolone is also a nice, affordable, but really high quality tequila, and it's got skeletons on the label. I like it. Um, cool. <laughs> Uh, I'd never heard of this brand before. I, I walked into my liquor store, and this was the aff- affordable one. <laughs> Every, the other ones were like fifty bucks a bottle. Um, well, with the with the uprising of mezcal in popularity um, and just availability, uh, it seems like all agave spirits are sort of rising in price and quality. Mm. Um, but there's there's way more attention paid to agave spirits these days, I think, than used to be. And I appreciate that. I love mezcal. I like tequila. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, the because mezcal is to me so like tequila would be the bourbon and mezcal would be the scotch. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a little more complicated. It's got that smoky thing that I love very much. <clears throat> um, easy to substitute anything that normally calls for tequila, or you can actually do half and half. Right. If you if you want to lean towards being a little more classic, but you like that taste. I um, I love doing mezcal margaritas. I mean, that's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, it 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 just it, it's good. Because I don't I don't always feel like drinking a scotch in the summertime, but a mezcal margarita really mm. gives me all the goodness that I want. Yeah, that is true about the margarita. I think it's not really a wintry drink. I can't see wanting one of these uh, by the fire at the ski lodge. 
No, I mean, I also like to do mezcal Negronis. Um, and I will do that in the middle of the winter, but eh, not so much a margarita. And I don't really, I don't even think about tequila unless it's summertime, to be honest. And that's probably a failing on my part, but. No, I, I feel the same way. I, I Maybe it's because that's how it's branded. And you could probably do something to make it feel more autumny or wintry. Add, add some, I don't know, cinnamon, something. Well, I mean, even just a nice Añejo uh, is great to sip. But I hardly ever think of that because I like whiskey so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and I'm I'm also, and this is just me, though, come to think of it, I'm also better uh, educated and familiar with whiskey than I am with tequila at all. Well, and I, I, think, um, I think that goes back to the sort of availability and appreciation. Like, I don't think you could develop quite an expertise in agave spirits until... Recently, yes. I mean, I've been to Tommy's. Um, um, unless, unless overwhelming. You, unless you travel to Mexico or go to these places that specialize in. Tequilas. But I would bet a, a lot of those places weren't importing or didn't have an importer. And I think you're right. It's it's growing in popularity. They're up marketing, up scaling it, up marketing it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you feel like having a bottle of fifty dollar tequila makes it suddenly better than the. But you, as you point out. You you can get great tequila not spending fifty bucks for a bottle. Yeah, and you know my I this is probably blasphemy, but late earlier, say last week or something like that, I was testing out my blender again, and I made margaritas, and the only tequila I had in the house was a like sixty dollar bottle of tequila ocho añejo, which is the <laughs> s- smoothest greatest <laughs> sipping tequila ever but i threw it in the blender and like fucked it up it was delicious man i mean <laughs> yeah 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 they they had some bottles at, at cask and i was tempted <clears throat> but as we sort of both agreed i'm a whiskey guy i tend to think of whiskey first i don't think of sipping tequila but i probably should because i enjoy it i and and, and i know i enjoy it more than rum I've been trying to get into the rum things, but it's there's still that like rummy thing. Well, rums are really funky. Like they yeah, ha- it, they have a weird funk. It's kind of like cheese. Like they have a cheese I'm, funk. I'm not there yet with with the rums, but for whatever reason, what what the tequila has, which really is sort of an attack mm-hmm. posture. <laughs> I, I well, like it. it it's it's like an agave, right? It's spiny and <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's stanky, but in a but in a uh, like a way that you want liquor to be. What's really interesting uh, with the sort of the growing appreciation of the agave sort of category, um, you start finding new things. So, like for a lot of people, discovering mezcal is like a huge step from just knowing about tequila. Yep. Like, yeah. You know, Every once in a while, you take a bottle of Cabo Wabo to your friend's house and have a good time. <laughs> then, sure. then you learn about mezcal, and like basically, most mezcal is really artisanal, and like a single village makes it, and like 
there's hardly in, I don't know I don't know if there's industrial mezcal. I kind of don't feel like there is. And that's why the prices are so variable. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there is either. I haven't all the ones I've read about are like you said, like farmers basically. Yeah. They've been making it for years and now they're bottling it and selling it. And now they're making it into the states um because yep. we're developing demand for it. I mean, I've, I've watched videos of the process. Like they harvest these plants, they cut off all the spines. They have these like giant sort of pumpkin sized bulbs from the center of the agave plant. They, yep. they throw those into a pit. They dug by hand into the ground, build a fire and like cover the fire and the pit and everything and cook those things. And like, it's such labor intensive process like it, it's insane but every village does it because you need booze i guess i mean <laughs> here's something i i did not know that i am googling uh all tequila is technically a mezcal yeah but mezcal is not a tequila no it, tequila is a subset of mezcal not the other way i thought around. it was, i thought it, yeah i thought it was flipped yeah that, that was a mind blower for me, too, because I think of mezcal as this smoky thing and tequila is not. But it's it's just a specialized version of mezcal. Uh, and also, apparently, you can make artificial diamonds out of tequila. Oh, should you want to? Sure. Um, a, a bottle of tequila will last unopened for years. Absolutely. That's, you can say that for most spirits, really. Well, yeah. it, it says here in this article that I'm reading online that I trust, you should drink it within three to six months, it says. But uh, because, let's see. Oh, once you open it, you should drink it within three to six months well, there's because some... of oxidization and evaporation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they said after three to six months, it becomes more like a bourbon. Maybe the because the, the sugars mm. concentrate because it's oxidizing. and Maybe. Are there aged tequilas? Well, I mean. Like they do with bourbon and whiskey? Reposado and Añejo are aged, but it's much shorter time periods than whiskeys oh i should also i need to vo i need to voyage back a little to my first one uh the name of the bar in los angeles was las perlas ah uh and the bartender who invented this recipe which in fact calls for the dry curacao which is why i used it uh is raul irastorza i'm gonna say that wrong but i i hope raul's if raul's listening <laughs> i i apologize but your your recipe was phenomenal i i really really liked it well and we should talk a little bit about recipes because there is no set recipe for a margarita there is not like it's not like the negroni where you do this much of each thing um the ingre the ingredients are, are fairly standard the absolutely yeah but but the the combinations that you use and how you end up with like like you said, you you can pour it into a cocktail glass. You can shake it in a shaker with ice and just pour it into a cocktail glass mm -hmm. and have a margarita. You Which can. I never do. I absolutely never do that. I don't either. Uh, that seems weird, but I, you know, why not? You could. You can blend it and make a frozen margarita. You can pour it on the rocks and have a rocks margarita. Yes. So, all, I mean, the, the, the combinations are kind of mind-boggling. But the ingredients are always, or nearly always, tequila, lime, and orange liqueur of some sort. Yeah. Uh, 
and then maybe a sweetener if you want it, and right. salt if you want it. I think traditionally the orange liqueur is counted upon to be the sweetener. Um, and I see triple sec more than anything else mentioned. Well, Cointreau is a triple sec. Like it's it's just like tequila is a mezcal. Um, so Cointreau is a specification beyond triple sec. And as, Curacao, how, where does Curacao fall in there? Curacao is uh, sort of off to the side from triple sec. Triple sec, I think, implies some sweetness, and Curacao mm-hmm. tends to be dry. Okay. So, And again, I used the uh, Creole shrub in this, which is also fairly dry, but it adds a little bit of funkiness to it that I really like. Mm-hmm. You're actually uh, adding rum to your uh, margarita, because I'm pretty sure the... Uh, Unless it's unless it's a brandy that they use as a base for their liqueur, I would bet it's rum because it does have that that same, especially on the nose. It has that same kind of um, <laughs> cheese. Funk. I, yeah, I don't, it's not cheese to me. It's like um, it's like bad butter. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, I I know what you're talking about. Like that. Yeah, it's like butter that's kind of gone. Like you left it out too long. And now it's got a weird. It's it's approaching cheese. Yeah. But it but it's still got that like mm, butteriness to it. Yeah, because they're from the Caribbean, right? Clement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I I bet it's rum based. So yeah, uh, circling back to recipes, I I shared with you a list of like famous bartender people and their favorite ratios. You did. And it's all over the map. It's so Dale DeGraff. Dale's is crazy. Dale DeGroff does six four three, which works out to like an ounce and a half of tequila, one ounce triple sec, three quarter lime juice. So he doesn't want it to be as tart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that sounds like a good margarita. Um, Gaz Reagan does three two one, which is almost exactly the same thing, except he's using even less lime juice, only. So it's like ounce and a half tequila, one ounce triple sec, only a scant half ounce of lime juice. Like that seems a boozy, but also orangey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Mr. Wondrich does two one one, uh, and he actually easy, easy act, to remember. He actually does that straight with ounces. So two ounces tequila. And one and one of triple sec and lime juice. So he likes a strong drink. I think that's mm-hmm. on the record. That, that I think that was my <laughs> first my first my first up was that. Mm. Two to one two to one to one. Although they split because it was dry curacao, so they combined the dry curacao with the agave nectar. Agave, yeah. So actually slightly less alcohol because you're... No, it's, it still had two about... Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, You're losing had... the liqueur. I mean, that's low alcohol anyway, but still. And then uh, this guy, Salvatore Calabrese from Italy, who is apparently famous in bartender circles. <laughs> I I wasn't aware of him. Um, but he does 3-2-3, three, three, which is such a bizarro ratio um, he really likes lime juice, I guess, because he has equal amounts of tequila and lime juice and then slightly well, I, less I, triple sec. I think that that plays well into the whole Italian way of thinking about things. They're, they're, they don't tend to go heavy on the alcohol. They do want more flavor. It's true. 
so I think I think that is a very Italian margarita, if you will. Interesting. That's my. I just made that up. Yeah. Thank, no, you, thank you very much. Now I want to try a like one one one, like a Negroni ratio. Uh, an, ooh, yeah. But I, yeah, you know, I I can go one more round. I got nothing going on today, <laughs> so so we can. I I'm I I still... I, I, d- I drank my second one really fast because it was on the rocks. Well, also, haven't you started with the craft? So you've been you're you're you were on the highway anyway. Well, I no, I didn't start. I started with what I started here. I just had the extra backup glass that I added. So with the frozen, I, th- I feel like I get some leeway with the frozen because that's a lot of extra water. From so here's a weird, ice. super weird question. As a heterosexual, is the, is the licking of the salt like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that, is that going to turn on your lady friends? Are they going to think about like, ooh, he's got a talented tongue? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's not, it's not a gay thing either. Public licking of things isn't really going to turn anybody on. (laughs) That is not true, but I understand why you say it. (laughs) All right. So crazy round three. One more go. Here we go. I'm going to do something weird. I, I have something in my back pocket that's exciting. I can't wait. So you you said you were going to go weird, so it inspired me, but you go first. Okay, so uh, mine looks like a margarita, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really a gimlet because I got this crazy Mexican gin called Gracias a Dios, <laughs> which means thank God. Yep. Um, which is 100% agave and then infused with 32 botanicals and spices from the 32 states of Mexico. So very art- very artisanal, very completist. Um, it appeals to so much within me. Um, that seems crazy. But it very distinctly tastes like agave. Like there's no escaping that agave flavor. So it's it's an herbaceous tequila. Um, and so I, I stuck with the Tommy's recipe, um, yeah. except I added a little extra spirit. Um, so it's like two and a, two and a half of the gin, agave gin, and then one lime and half an ounce of agave syrup, uh, nectar. I don't know why they call it nectar, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. it's it's really good. And also, I just realized we haven't done a Gimlet episode. <clears throat> I think you just invented something, frankly. So, as I said, you inspired me. So this is two to one to one. Okay. Actually, it's two to half to half to one. What? what, what so what? it is. Oh, I know. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So it is one and a half ounces of mezcal, mm-hmm. three quarter ounces of uh, dry curacao, mm-hmm. three quarter ounces of, wait for it, orgeat. Woo, you're getting tiki with it. And uh, three quarter and uh, an ounce of lime. Is that right? Two to one, to, two to two to 
whatever. Yeah, that, you lost me. Um, and <laughs> and I I wanted to try the orgeat because I found a a recipe for a whiskey sour that replaces the simple syrup with orgeat, mm. and I rec- I recommend it. Okay, it's so nice. And I wondered how I love orgeat. Like you, you you have to be sort of into almond flavor things, but I love orgeat. And obviously, folks with nut allergies need to watch out and stuff. But it's really nice. It it adds um, and like if you didn't tell someone you would put orgeat in this, there was there's this a you know there's um a hint of something that yeah. they probably couldn't name you, what the fuck it was. You can you can never like put your finger on orgeat unless you drink a lot of tiki drinks and really know what it does to a drink. But mm. yeah, this is good. This is this. I, Although this is also our third cocktail, but well, yeah, it. Uh, I give it a shot at home. Like try try your own recipes here, and obviously you need to balance it out. Again, I'm using the dry curacao. Yeah, good call. Good call. Um, but ooh, and it's a lovely color too. It's 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 because uh, the mezcal is also clear, so it's like mm-hmm. a blanco. Yep. Uh, and I'm using Vita, and again, inexpensive, but well worth your. Well, with your seeking out ofness, yeah, the the Vita is the most affordable of the Del Magüe uh, mezcals, uh, which is a line that will go into the uh, hundreds if you follow it. I bet this would be a really good frozen drink. Oh wow! Mm. <laughs> or on crushed like like pea gravel ice, like the little gravel ice, the shrub ice. That would be nice. So again, this is a a really good recipe to just play around with, and you can balance the sweetness to whatever it is that you like, and back off and add more lime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use tequila, you can use mezcal. Apparently, you can use a gin. <laughs> That's right. Where did you find that? I've never even heard of that. My favorite bottle shop, the Proper Pour, always gets really interesting things, and in, and I it's been on the shelf for at least a month or two, and I keep looking at it, and it's like agave gin. That's really weird. I don't know, and yeah, but I like gins, <laughs> and I always want to try new gins, always. Yep. So I finally got it because we were doing this episode, because I figured. Have I, you- have you used it with other things? Have you done like a an agave gin martini or? I used it last night, and last night got a little hectic, so I'm having a hard time remembering what we did. Um, it wasn't shit. Oh, it's a gin tonic with my homemade tonic syrup. Mmm. Um, and Topo Chico bubbly water. <laughs> <laughs> So many ingredients. There's so many ingredients. No, I mean, Topo Chico is just like all the hipsters love Topo Chico because it's Mexican Perrier. And I got a, I got a case of it. And Whoa, you must really like it. I, I mean, it's bubbly water. I, I kind of actually don't care that much about bubbly water, but it's nice to have around. It helps you hydrate and stuff like that. Yeah, I just make my own. I'm I'm not I'm actually not a bubbly water fan. I, I find yeah. that it, it tastes like aspirin to me. Yeah, I always drink still water, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not I don't Um I I, w- I will say on a hot, hot, hot day, um 
there are times when an ice cold bottle of Topo Chico has really cooled me off. So, mm. but then I get burpy and you know, it's pros and cons. And just straight up, you don't add any bitters to it or anything. You just, just on ice, some bubbly water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, something you said reminded me of something and now it's gone. No, oh, it's... I was going to say, so you make your own tonic. Have you tried making a martini and tonic and see how that works out for you? What's a martini and tonic? So you make a martini, you put it in a wine Oh, goblet. you did that for our yeah, yeah. martini episode, I believe. It's super easy, very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Or maybe it was it was our gin tonic episode you did that. You, you... Might have been. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... It, so, yeah, again, make a martini, stick it in a wine glass, mm-hmm. add ice, and then top with tonic water. Yep. And and you add the olives. You definitely add the olives. Yes. Um, did you see my uh, newest triple garnish martini? I did not. What are you doing? So we were at a specialty store, you know, import store. And yep. They had tomolives. Yes, I love tomolives. So I got a jar of tomolives and did cocktail onion tomolive olive in a martini i bet that was superb it was fantastic the tamales are pretty beefy flavor like they're strong aren't they great though i love them yeah i was really pleased like they're not all gushy slimy inside no they are crunchy and they kind of have that like explosion once you bite down on them yeah they're briny and oh yeah i like i like tamales very much so recommended um i'm i'm just on this bandwagon now where uh if i feel like a gibson i'm gonna do uh as many garnishes as possible (laughs) okay then i have another one for you uh which are pickled green beans oh interesting you could like intertwine it (laughs) yes so I, i i bought them specifically to use in bloody mary's where they work really well perfect yeah but it is, it's a nice, it's, they're so, again, they're crunchy and they're both sweet and, and briny and, and yeah, I, I, if you can find them, I'm sure they're on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon. Sure. The Rhino Yacht Club, which is the bar I frequent almost every Saturday. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm just supporting local businesses. Exactly. They occasionally do food pop-ups in their space, which is hilarious because their space is tiny and it's in the middle of a building with no, like, back of house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they had this place called The Bud Long out of Chicago this Saturday doing a Nashville-style hot chicken. Oh, <laughs> Mm, yeah and i'm a big big fan of nashville hot chicken i i actually haven't had it in nashville but like people doing their versions of it around here make me really happy yes uh, except Uh-oh. If, if i get if i get too excited about it i'll pay the consequences the next day if you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> i do i get your drift as the kids say Oh yeah, I I I I'm well aware of yeah, the next day. Right. So, uh they were doing sandwiches and of course we opted to do that and the sandwich was dressed with the nice coleslaw and slices of pickle. 
And that's pretty standard. You always get slices of pickle with your hot chicken. But these were sweet pickle, not dill. Hmm. And that balanced everything just enough that my whole world has been peaceful (laughs) and uneventful. Because because the, the basic spicy flavor was reasonably spicy. Like, it was enough to scare Heather off. It. Like, she had to just sort of eat the chicken without the breading. Sure. Because she was worried about consequences. But uh, it worked really well. I love the hot things. I I make the hot things. But I, I will warn you, you're, you're, you're probably a decade or two behind me. <laughs> As you get older... <laughs> It's going to become literally dangerous. Right. So enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Because you will regret it. Your regret, you're like, if, you, if, if you're keeping like a diary of regrets, they're just going to grow exponentially as you get older. And you're going to say, I probably shouldn't have put Sriracha on those fries. Yeah, there was the one time we opted to get the hot Nashville hot chicken. <laughs> yep. Um, and I actually called in sick to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. You need a bathroom nearby. (laughs) I have been there. Speaking of tequila. (laughs) So, yeah. But it is damn good. I love, I love spicy stuff. Like the spicier, the better. I don't even care if I'm sweating. Well, and it's the beauty of, uh, say Korean barbecue because pickles somehow balance that out. And you get that whole set of various pickled things when you sit down to Korean barbecue. Mm -hmm. And it's the best because you eat something spicy, you get a little sweaty, and then you just sort of nosh on like pickled radishes and weird things. And it settles your stomach. It settles everything down. So pickles. I did not realize that is a good rule of thumb. Like just... Or get some pickles. Mm. I did not realize, and and they and I do like pickles. I have nothing against pickles. I like all the things pickled. Mm-hmm. I really like pickled radishes. Actually, what I really like is there's a type of kimchi that is made with chunks of radishes. Oh, really? Yeah, like little cubes of radish, and that stuff is just fucking amazing. Like. You make a little uh, fried rice or something, and you mm-hmm. put that on top, and you mix it in as you're eating and stuff like that. Ooh, good times! <laughs> I love kim. I will rec- I- if you've not tried kimchi. Those listening at home, and I know that we have some listeners in in the European regions. We do who may not have access to Korean foods. That's true. But if you have the opportunity, if you're traveling, or if you happen upon a Korean, and also Korean food. Like bibimbap, yeah. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> but if if you have an opportunity to try kimchi, do it. Mm. You will not. You will regret it. But it'll well, be it, worthwhile. yeah, it, it's a challenging thing because it's a fermented food and it's weird. And to variable levels, it's weird. And to variable levels, it's hot, spicy. Yes. Um. So usually, it's it's made with cabbage. Typically, it's and, cabbage. Um, and they literally bury it. Yeah, right? they, they, they they smear um, salt and uh, chili paste 
in between the leaves of the cabbages. It's so good. And then stuff oh the cabbages into a crock that is buried underground and put the lid on. Uh, which yeah, This is one of those foods, like, how did they happen upon, like, whose idea was it initially, like, what if we, okay, hang on, I know this will sound weird, but we're going to try it. Right. I'm going to coat this delicious, like, sweet cabbage in peppers that's the step i don't get that's the step i don't get because burying food makes sense like you you have this food you want to keep it for yourself so you bury it like that's dogs burying bones like that makes sense but why would you cover it and (laughs) like obviously you know salt is a preservative like salt Salt works to preserve you know what's gonna you know yeah you know what's going on with the salt so you made like normal sauerkraut with salt and cabbage and didn't like the flavor so you spiced it up maybe like i don't know how you get there i don't care it's so good they knew what they were doing when they did that whoever whoever like if it was an accident or whatever congratulations because you win cheers cheers kimchi is awesome one of the best things, and you, I don't know, we we can buy it in the grocery store. You can buy it in a jar. Yep. I doubt they buried it in the backyard, but you can buy no, it in a jar. No, but it's still actively fermenting. Like it, it does, it's so good. It does a little pssst when you open it up, and it and continues to, to do that. Like after you, you close it. Like the, the temperature to me is also important. If it's room temperature, it's not the same. You you want it cold, and then against the like the hot food that you're right. serving. Oh, now I want Korean right now. I just want I want someone to bring me Korean. So I, I will actually like stir fry kimchi. Like if I'm making a kimchi fried rice to like spread the flavor throughout the whole dish. But then I always do top it off with some cold kimchi to contrast. So I'm I'm with you there. So good. I don't know how it goes with the margarita, but I bet it's great. Well, I mean, after three, who cares? It's true. <laughs> I, I I will I will go back. I mean, the variety of salsas. One of the best salsas I've had, and I believe we're in the season, is the mango. Have you had the mango salsa? I make a pineapple mango salsa that will fucking rock your world. Oh my god, the best salsa! It's so because it's sweet and hot. And when you hear it, you think, this isn't going to work. I don't want this on a chip. And I always use uh, primarily serrano peppers, seeded, so it doesn't kill you. So good. Uh, Maybe like one habanero for the whole batch of salsa. Um, Always red onion just for that color pop. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I should point out it's also beaut. It is a gorgeous salsa. Yeah, I will. A- I will throw in bell pepper just to color the salsa, like, mm-hmm. and it gives a good sweet flavor. It's so. Is there a bad salsa? Let's discuss this. Let's is discuss there a bad this. Salsa? Is there a bad I salsa? Not, I have not had a bad salsa. I I will say the first time I tried to make salsa, I didn't know what I was doing, and I literally thought, and I was probably a teenager. I literally thought you could just throw everything into a blender and just like go. Right. But but weirdly, it turned out sort of bubbly. That's because of the onion. When you blend onion, that does weird things. I I still don't know this. Yeah. So I buy I buy store salsa. Like I I do, I have not made my own salsa. Right, I but, don't trust myself. But even crappy store salsa it's is great. great. 
It's salty. <laughs> it's sweet. It's got that tomato yeah. tang to it. It's yes. great. Salsa is we, wonderful. We have a ton of really good salsa here in San Francisco. As you would imagine, we, we have a, a fairly large Latino population. I'm not saying that they are in charge of salsa making. That's not necessarily what they need to be doing with their time. However, they make amazing salsas, and there's so many different kinds. There's like the um, ch- Cholula, which is a kind of a, I, I don't know, ground-smoked fine sauce that you shake on things. Yeah, it's a hot there's, sauce, basically. But it's also a salsa. Because you can you can buy that as a as a salsa, and there's a there's a place around the corner for me that's Greek, and they make a hot sauce that's amazing that I've just I put on my tacos and burritos, and I uh-huh. love it. Uh-huh. And uh, and and as you point out, the pico de gallo, awesome, so always. crunchy, and always so delicious. good. Oh, yeah, man. And all of those things go great with what? Margaritas. Margaritas. Yeah. So uh, one of the most reliable like grocery store brands of salsa is actually from Rick Bayless in Chicago, the Frontera. I agree. Yes. And in particular, my favorite is the one that has corn in it. I love that. <laughs> I like the way you, you were surprised that it had corn in it because... Uh, so I was just thinking about this the other day for some reason. When I was in grade school, our elementary school, when it was chili day, they put corn in the chili. Right. It's so good. It's great. It's yeah. like crunchy and sweet, and it offsets the chilies and the beans and the meat. Yeah. It's so it's so good. So I could see, yes, corn and salsa seems like a natural to me. Well, and there's a corn salsa option at Chipotle also. Yeah. I, I always get that. I get the pico and the corn. Those are my two salsa options. We're, we are legally uh, bound not to visit Chipotle here in San Francisco. Oh, I never do. I never do. I, I should say <laughs> I should say that used to be my choices. Okay. Um, Although there are there are people I work with who salivate when you mention Chipotle. Well, so I, I I have solidified my opinion that burritos are garbage food. So, like, eh. <gasps> what? Yeah. No. No. no! Yep. I I vehemently disagree. Yep. Garbage food. No. Garbage. Oh my god! No. Yep. So, do you just get tacos and stuff? Tacos are wonderful. Tacos are wonderful, but burritos are also wonderful. No. You can They're... hold it in your hand. It doesn't go all over the place. You unwrap the the the, the aluminum foil. They're terrible. Put, They're uh, terrible. No, you're wrong. <laughs> this is religion. You are wrong. It's like Christian versus Islam at this point. No, we we worship the same God, but you're wrong. <laughs> no burritos are. I, I, is it because I'm in San Francisco and we have amazing burritos here? Do you have bad burritos? Are you suffering from bad burritos? Well, I mean, we probably do have good burritos but no i, I don't like the form talking like taco bell or that no 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 all right uh but no burritos have fundamental problems that make them bad food no no they they've solved the problem as i said you, you it's a tube of food that is self-contained and provides all the nutrients that you need it's got the beans and the rice it's you, got the avocado. It's got the sour cream. It's got the salsa. But you don't get you, to experience those things. 
all what? together as a melange. You are having good, you're having bad burritos. No, you, you have you have corners where you bite into it and all you get is fucking tortilla. So you're you're totally taco, as they say. Yes, Be- because it's a small, self-contained like uh, fold of food, and and are you rearranging it with your fingers? Are you making sure like there's a little bit of everything in each bite? Mm. Yes, you are. Don't lie. I mean, the street tacos are small enough. You don't need to worry about I, that. I am so disappointed right now. Burritos are amazing. Burritos yeah. are great. Bur- burritos are terrible food. No. Ah, I'm viscerally angry. <laughs> This is, this is a this is this is we, we like this is a this is a religious thing. This is this is like no burritos are great. The perfect food is a well constructed sandwich, but it does take good construction. Oh, we could have an entire episode about. So okay, I need I so I need to ask you that the big question that I I know is on everybody's mind is a hot dog a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> see, I'm actually yes on that. I am also yes on that. I, but I, I, have, I have friends who are vehemently angry about that question. Th- those like, people, no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Those people are it's, being ridiculous. It's meat in bread. Yes, meat inside of bread sandwich. You put condiments in it. You yeah. can put all kinds of different stuff. You can make a chili cheese dog. You can make sauerkraut. You can put whatever you want, literally whatever you want in it. And I mean, it is if if you want to like get fussy about it, a taco is a sandwich. Ooh, is a taco a sandwich? Because a tortilla is bread. It's a starchy wrapper around and your fillings and fillings, and it can be warm. I've never had a cold taco. That's true. Although I've never had a cold hot dog. Although no, only if the hot dog is like it's its own essence then i've had a cold talk like 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 grandma when you're a kid gives you like an oscar meyer wiener to, to eat right but if you're talking about the bun because so when i make a hot dog i don't know about you but when i make a hot dog i get my my pot i fill it with water i boil the hot dog oh you're a boiler huh and then i have a steamer that I sit on top of that to put the bun in because I want Ooh, my bun steamed and warm. That's amazing. Okay. Yes, it is amazing. And then I am a big fan of yellow mustard. Yes. Sauerkraut. Okay. Pepperoncini. Uh, absolutely. And this may seem weird, but it's I think it's Chicago is the celery salt. Okay. Yeah. That's that sounds, is all. That's that all sounds I put in my- wonderful. So, my, that is my preferred hot dog. So my preferred hot dog is roasted in a toaster oven mm-hmm. until it okay. gets until it gets all bubbly and crispy on the outside. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking the time to heat up the bun, I will put it on a skillet with like no butter or anything, just to toast it. Like oh. op- I will open it up onto a skillet and dry toast it on a skillet. Nice. And I do mustard for sure. Uh, I'll go between yellow or a, like stone ground. Fancy. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but then the best thing is hand-diced Clausen dill pickle. Yes. Dill, dill relish? 
Right. Much much better than sweet relish. Which is impossible to buy in a jar, so you kind of have to make your own. Yep. And, and I've attempted, and I think you're right, dicing, because I think I put it in a blender and tried to make ugh, relish, but that does, it doesn't work. No. <laughs> that is the correct response. It doesn't work. Pickle foam. <laughs> no. no, but I, 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 I actually get the uh, little flat uh, sandwich slices from Clausen. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- okay. Because Clausen makes a damn fine dill pickle. It's got that garlicky flavor. It's really good. And so I'll just dice that up. And so mustard goes probably on both sides of the bun. Okay. Roasty, toasty, hot dog goes in the bun. (laughs) And then pickle dice goes on top. And that's my favorite hot dog. Okay. I just want to, I'm going to throw this out there because I had this at our ferry building uh, there is a brewery that has a they, so they you can go go there for lunch you can get you can get beer and a hot dog and the thing that they put on their hot dog that never occurred to me and it is super weird but it works is olive relish but the olive relish like is a tapenade but okay it's mixed it's mixed with mayonnaise oh <laughs> it's so good. I don't know who invented this, but it's the best idea ever. Tapenade mayonnaise. It's so good. It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. You're you're trying to eat it there at lunch. And of course I've got all this hair on my face. And it's everywhere, but it is so it, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Tapenade mayonnaise. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sandwich around that idea. I recommend it. I, I don't know who the genius was who who made this, but Super good. Super good. Yeah, for a period of time, there was somebody here in Denver that was making a mortadella hot dog. Ooh, that oh, yeah. sounds so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine kimchi? Kimchi on a hot dog? Absolutely. We're, all our, we're bringing yeah. all, our world, all our worlds to coming together now. Kimchi, kimchi hot dog. With a really hot mustard, like the like the like the the, uh, uh, the Chinese restaurant, like powdered Chinese, stuff. Yes, yes, it's like soup. It's just it's just, it just mustard. Blows your sinuses. Oh right my up. god! Can you imagine how good that's gonna be? Man, now I want anyway, a hot dog. I don't have any I hot dogs. Uh, I do have hot dogs. I don't have any buns. Oh. That's the bad thing. I know. And I could put it in like a. I've got this really nice bread, but that seems like a waste of. Well, I don't know. I might see what happens. Yeah, you can wrap a slice of bread around a hot dog. That works. Oh no, it's like it's like a peasant loaf. It's Ooh. like the super crusty on the outside and soft on the inside thing. Mm. So if I cut a thick slice, yeah, and then I like and then I like slice in the middle of it so that you can like fold put the it. Hot dog yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think I've got sauerkraut. I don't have kimchi. I could make olive tapenade with mayo. <laughs> yes, I'm planning. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So It seems like a bit too far, but I'm going to do it. Check uh, the Lance Arthur on Twitter for pictures of this creation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. I was thinking about getting some fried chicken because you were talking about the, 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 the hot fried the chicken, hot chicken. But now yeah. I'm thinking hot dog. Can I combine them? 
Huh. I mean, chicken hot dog. Uh, fried chicken and a hot dog, like that's a big meal, but it's good. Like it or works. Bread, or, or bread the wiener and then deep fry it. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That seems like fair food. I don't, and I don't mind county fair food. I, well, I like, yeah. Uh, what's the oh funnel funnel cakes? Funnel I cakes. Love, I love funnel cakes. Fried Oreos are amazing. They fry everything. Fried Snickers. The yep. fried frozen Snickers. Yep. Yeah. No, has nothing to do with margaritas, and I finished my third one. Yeah, I think we're all done. All right, this was good. I so you can't again. We've discovered that, or not discovered, but revealed. You can play with your margarita recipes. Well, there is no margarita recipe, so like you have to play. You can or, make uh, your own. Like, you can add orgeat. Mm-hmm. You can add the agave nectar. You can oh. use syrup. One thing I meant to uh, mention is, like, with the uh, sort of exposure to agave spirits and all that stuff, and, like, with the appreciation of mezcal, and, you know, going beyond tequila into mezcal, which it turns out all tequila is a mezcal, that's news to most of us, I think. Very Uh, much so. Have you had ricea? I've never even heard of it. So ricea is... Sort of like these, you know, village-specific mezcals and stuff. Um, it's an agave spirit. I don't know if it is a mezcal and it's just something is different, but they are funky as hell, and every single different one I've tried is, like, worlds apart from the other one. So, How is it spelled? Uh, R-A-I-C-I-L-L-A. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. Uh, seek it out. It's going to challenge you. And, uh, the bottles get expensive really fast. Like there's one that's affordable. And then the other three, uh, there's, there's, as far as I know, there's only like one brand that's imported to the States and there are four bottles and they're color coded. Um, so there's like red and orange and green and something else. And, uh, maybe black. Uh, but one of them is somewhat affordable and the rest sort of push your boundaries on price, but they are weird, 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 weird. So don't buy a bottle, go to a bar that has them (laughs) and try them. I bet Tommy's probably has it and I haven't been there in a while and I need to go back. Uh, So if you're in San Francisco, so Tommy's, if you don't know, is one of the leading tequila bars in the nation They've got tons of tequila and a mezcal, but also secretly and surprisingly, and only I know this. No, it's not true. Their food is really good. Nice. So, yeah. So, like, you can settle in, get a nice, big, warm plate of Mexican food, and and they will challenge you. If you want to be challenged, they have the some of the funkiest stuff you've ever tasted, you know, with the worms inside and all that shit. But I bet they've got the ricea, so now I, 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 bet they, I do. I bet they do. Uh, it's it's worth trying it out, just because like it's. So uh, I I was at my favorite lunchtime bar because I have a lunchtime bar. Um, <laughs> There's no shame. And uh, they had just gotten in like three of the bottles or something, so I got little, you know, half ounce pours of each one to try them out. And like 
I think I described one of them as sort of a uh, wet dumpster or something <laughs> like that, but in a good way. So figure that out. <laughs> All right. I, I'm based solely on your recommendation. And again, I've never even heard of this. I am totally going to look for this. Well, I uh, look forward to your report back. Because it sounds like something I want. It's, it. I mean, it's 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 an experience. It's worth trying. Okay, excellent homework. Homework, listeners at home, if you can find Ricea, try it out. Well, thank you, Jake. That's three. I'm three down. They were all good. They were all There's good. N- nothing wrong with with margaritas at all. Yeah, and uh, I probably I. I will probably try a Negroni with this uh, agave gin. I don't think it's going to work. Um, <laughs> but I will try it because I have made mezcal Negronis and those are wonderful. I bet it does work. My my, I'm going to go on the side of yes, it works. Okay. Uh, I, I'll, I'll fill you in on the results. But uh, I like this a lot for... Um, obviously gimlets, which is what I had for my last margarita because it's the same drink. If you think about it, kind of, yeah. And I liked it a lot in my gin tonic. So nice. Good to know. I'm, I'm going to try a martini with it and it's going to be really interesting. (laughs) Oh, I got a Spanish vermouth, uh, which I would tell you the brand of, but I can't remember super like this i don't know if this is true universally but it is the driest vermouth i've ever had is it a liter bottle is it uh, yeah it's a big bottle hold on it's it's one it's one i told you to get it i'm coming right back yeah coming right back izagiri izagiri y-z-a-g-u-i-r-r-e dry reserva this is delicious it's amazing it's great I don't know that one. I thought for sure you'd be coming back with the Miro, which is the one I told you to seek out. Um, Unfortunately, so this was the only Spanish uh, vermouth available at at Cask, uh and I grabbed it because Spanish vermouths are very hot right now. Yeah. This, it's great. This is really good. That's interesting. Just so you know. I want some of that. Did they yes. have did they have a red as well? Did they have a sweet vermouth? I didn't notice. Okay. You know, I got I just grabbed this um and I also got the uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> um what what's the uh Carpano? I got the Carpano dry. Oh, I just I was just going to say that I I'm on the Carpano dry these days for my martinis. It's almost a blanco it's to me. It's almost a blanco. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's true. For a dry. For a dry. Because, it's, they, it's... because they also make a blanco. Yes. Which they do. to me tastes like the red Carpano. Well, it's I very mean, it's super close. The the red Carpano is so intensely sweet vermouth. Like I think they're just basically they're the only thing they're changing is the wine, right? Like all of the herbals and all of that's all the same. That's probably true, huh? Yeah. Every Carpano uses the same grouping of herb, herbal mm-hmm. and fruity things. Yeah. 
and and then they just switch the wine out. I, I'll tell you for for but this, this is so dry. This will make your tongue just like that. Sounds like a great martini. It is. An, an, it's great. I recommend ah. it. He's, he's a Gary. I'd almost do an upside down martini, like more vermouth than gin. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I was just drinking this on the rocks the other day. It's really nice. And you can do that with all those anything that comes out of Spain, man. I mean, they take their vermouth seriously, and they drink it on the rocks, if at all. And also, I think if if you're not a white wine fan. If you, if you do get a dry vermouth and you just serve that on the rocks, you're you're good to go. Yeah. All right. All right. This, this was a good. This good was one. this was a good time. I enjoyed this. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Lance. Bye. Now I have to figure out if I'm doing hot dogs or chicken or both.